of the tribe insults. The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. The winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Tyr and answer Winter's call. Son of a bitch! Odin was right, okay? I just want it to be known that I am officially disturbed. Are you disturbed that the that I was right, or are you disturbed that the founder of Earth Day was actually a serial killer? Both! I'm also disturbed by the fact he was called the Unicorn Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hippies! Alright, so he's this charismatic hippie wannabe leader, and he breaks up with his girlfriend, and then he, he when she goes to New York, she comes back, and he kills her, stuffs her into a into a, a, a chest, or, 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 a, or trunk. A, a trunk, in his closet, and then has the audacity, I mean, like, the balls on this man, to say, oh, I don't know where she went, she went down to the local co-op to get some tofu and sprouts. <laughs> and it spends, like, 20 years... <laughs> and it spends like 20 years on the run, finally getting captured in in France. And this is a dude that founded Earth Day, and we still celebrate this shit? Yep. Alright, look, I know this is going to go counter to what we said last time, but I'm all for canceling Earth Day. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, it relates to today's topic. Oh, no. Our, our topic for today is the freedom of religion. And you can call it whatever you want, that it's a secular holiday, but it is created as a religion. The belief that the earth is our mother and that we need to protect her uh, to the extremes to which they want to take it is a religion. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. By the way, I'm Tier. This is... Odin. <laughs> Welcome to another wonderful episode of Winner's Call. Um, yeah, we'll get the introduction down eventually. No biggie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just more shocked by the fact, like, I, again, I don't know if I'm more shocked by the fact you knew it, the fact that it's true, or he's a hippie by the name of Unicorn Killer. But moving on, so, um, yes, that's going to bother me for days, okay? That's going to live rent-free. So we're talking about religion, though. I know there's a reason why. We actually wanted to discuss this topic, even though I'm not super religious. I agree with you on this one. Right. Okay. So here's the news article. Hold on. Let me get it. Because so, heaven forbid I uh, misquote it. That oh, our app deleted it. Anyhow. So uh, basically, if you want to file for a religious exemption, the only religion that they allow is the Muslim faith. So, if you want to file a religious exemption, unless you're a Muslim, you ain't getting it. So, I guess freedom of religion is officially gone? Because we're now promoting one over the other? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think everybody should have the ability to say yes or no on 
on the vaccine. And if you want to use religious exemption for it, that's fine. But the Catholic Church has already told their priests, the Vatican has already told their priests, don't allow it. But for the government to say that unless it's Muslim, they're not going to recognize it, that bothers me. Because that is promoting one religion over the other. <laughs> heathen wants to say something. Okay, Heathen, go ahead. All right! So you're talking about the only religion on the planet that is left that specifies in its core tenets that if you don't believe that religion, it is okay for them to kill you and they would be a good little Muslim boy for doing it. Okay. That's the one in the United States that we're saying that you can have a religious exemption if you're Muslim. Is it because we're scared of the Muslims or is it because... I don't know. They would like us to introduce, you know, Sharia law here and further restrict freedom of religion. Do you really want to know my honest answer? Okay, look, that was a fucking rhetorical question. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Odin. My my answer to that is very simple. Muslims are devout, and they're not going to back down because society tells them they can or cannot believe in something. They're going to do it. Christians, on the other hand, have proven time and time again that they're more than willing to drink the Kool-Aid of the secular world. That they're more than willing to sit here and back down and to incorporate worldly beliefs because they want to be popular more than they want to be true to their faith. Alright, as the right reverend Chum Jones, I take offense to you using the term Kool-Aid. Alright? Okay. Technically, Jim Jones... Was actually drinking flavor aid. Poor Kool Aid never gets the re gets the credit he was. <laughs> it was all flavor aid. It was grape flavor aid. It was not Kool Aid. And yet everybody says, "Don't drink the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid. Drink the." Kool -Aid. It was flavor aid. Damn it! Justice for the Kool Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I had to when you said that. I was like, "Oh, we're talking about religion." Then I'm gonna go with the cult of chum here and just go ahead and blow that one right out of the water. <laughs> But no, so oh, I can basically, see the comment section already. <laughs> oh my god, did you know that's illegal? I actually know, according to the freedom of religion, uh, it's perfectly fine. Right, At so, least for now. So, so you're telling me that you, you can get a religious exemption if. Now, the whole ideology of the only way of getting out of it is a religious exemption, not even a health exemption or anything like that, boggles my mind. But it's only if you're Islam. So isn't Muslim, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, isn't that basically. Playing favoritism, that basically choosing a state religion. Yep, yep, yep. So an authoritarian theocracy. Yep, yep, yep. Just not the religion you thought it was going to be, huh, tear. Mm. <laughs> 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 so, for those of you who don't know, we have had many debates, and Tears, one of Tears' biggest fears is that the, when the pendulum swings from way left to way right, that the Christians are all going to grab their swords and shields. Oh, sorry, that's the Crusades. But they're going to get all this religious fervor, and they're going to sit here, and they're just going to be the authoritarian theocracy. Well, look, 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 look. Like I said, there is nothing. Uh, let me defend myself here for a moment. Nope. But there is nothing more terrifying to me than a religious zealot who has that fervor, has that righteous indignation, and that willingness to fight and die for their God, whoever it is, that has been abused, that has a justifiable reason for their anger. 
And that is what terrifies me the most about that pendulum switch. Because when it goes to the left, it kind of slowly goes, and then it, 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 it eventually will get up to the top. But it's like in fits and starts. But when that pendulum starts swinging right, it hits a point, and then it's like it hits turbo. And yep. it's boom, right out the other side. It's yeah, it's instantaneous, mass. just dead. And that terrifies me. And 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 looking at this, and, and, and you sit here and you go, so religious exemptions don't matter. Unless you're Islamist. Yeah, that, that, that was not quite how I thought that one was going to go. When I'm even more worried now because, you know, that one feels like you can strap a rocket to your ass and get to heaven with 32 virgins. What the hell? 72. <laughs> oh, who has the time for that many women? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have a turn. Okay, look, 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 so, look, wait, look, wait, look. Wait, <laughs> Who's got time to hear? Oh, that hurts. Sorry. You're going to call me, right? 72 times. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> horrible. No, okay. Sorry. Do you do you want to know? Do you know that that fear is not unfounded at all? Right. A lot of people in the patriot movement or conservative movement have all seen or uh, heard about the movie V for Vendetta. Right. Have you ever read the comics? I hadn't until you mentioned it to me a few weeks ago. Then I actually took the time to find them. Okay. So, you know that that was written by somebody on the left who believed that the religious right would eventually take over politics. And it was a warning, and it was used as a form of protest against Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Right? That... He believed that that was what was coming from the right. Little did we know that the leftists would be like, hey, that's a good idea. We should do that with COVID. And let's just reenact V for Vendetta. As a matter of fact, let's not even change the storyline. Let's go with the terrorist attacks. Let's go with the, the, the riots and the mysterious disease that was engineered by government. You know, all of that stuff that's actually Silencing happening. music. Yeah. Closing, and, ending literature. Right. And uh, let, let's let just go from there. And uh, here's an interesting concept. Look, that they literally used the plot of V for Vendetta for 2020. <laughs> but do you know what's sad? If V never existed, if you go from v, the, the world of V for Vendetta, right? Great Britain. And V never existed. Or V failed, that it becomes 1984. I was gonna say it's a terrifying thing when people don't understand something that's meant as a warning, and instead they take it as prophecy. Well, it's self fulfilling prophecy, depending on who's in charge. Fair enough, but no, you're right. And the only cure for 1984 is 1776. Yay! One of my favorite quotes. I got to work it in somehow. But you, no, it's, you realize that that comes from Alex Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, what what's that one? You you got me on a quote from 1984. It's um, is it in a in a society where lies are pre- are prevalent? Oh, that's gonna bother me. In a society where lies are the norm, telling the truth is considered extreme. A revolutionary act. Yeah, a revolutionary act. That's what it was. You know, it, you sit here and you can call the truth on this all you want, but it, where where are my Christians on this, right? Why are they not fighting on something like this? Okay, 
last episode we had talked about the the a study that was recently done, right? And I said that it was in single digits of people that actually, you know, understand basic tenets of the Christian faith. Basic tenets of the Christian faith. Four percent. Four percent of all the people running around claiming to be Christians right now actually know what the Bible says on basic facts. How scary is that? Four percent. When you're at four percent, you sit here and you have a church that has decided that it wants to abandon the core tenets of its faith to be popular. That it would rather be mainstream. The church throughout time, and this is for many religions, grows when it's put under pressure, when it's in the margins. That is when it thrives. It causes it to spread. It causes it to solidify. I mean, some of the greatest thinkers of recent history have been persecuted Christians when it comes to their faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a perfect example. Who sit here and he you know he memorized 366 verses about fear so that he could tell time while he was in prison, knowing that that's where he was going. He stood for his faith regardless of what was happening. Christians in today's society, they don't even know if they're going to heaven. They don't even know if they're going to if they're living an actual faith or who is a heresy. 2020. And and people disagree with me on this, and it, it's fine. But I believe that 2020 was a wake-up call for the American church. You had people in 2019, pastors, who call themselves prophets from God, right? Mm -hmm. Who predicted these great and wonderful things for 2020. You were the chosen one! They failed to predict a pandemic. I'll give you that one, because it doesn't happen very often, although if you look back in time, every hundred years is about the right time, so I don't know why nobody picked it up, right? They were wrong about the curing of a disease, right? That they tried to pray it away, right, or banish it using the power of God, and then you have the presidential election. How many pastors stood up in front of a stage of thousands of people and said, God told me that Trump was going to win re-election? And we're not talking about they're going to split it, you know, because some of them had ways out, like he's going to serve eight years. And did you? And people would ask them, did you mean eight consecutive or did you mean four and four with Biden in the middle after the election came out and they were wrong? Oh, no, I mean that he's going to come back in office. And he's going to serve eight consecutive. So. And that, that, that ties into what, one of my other things that I absolutely despise. I, I mentioned, you know, everybody's probably wondering if I really am atheist or agnostic or whatever. I have a problem with organized religion, but I have a real problem when religion and politics mix. I do too. Now, one of my biggest problems, and I, I will freely admit, for a while, I twisted my patriotism with my faith. And that leads to no good thing coming. I know a lot of churches aren't going to want to hear this, but you should not put an American flag on your pedestal, whatever, where you go preach. You shouldn't. Because Christianity, the faith, if you truly are a Christian, yes, you can carry some of those beliefs. We were founded on Christian beliefs. The Declaration of Independence was based off of 27 biblical violations. Right? Our founding fathers could quote the Bible chapter and verse. Noah Webster was good for that. 
Right? You could ask him any chapter and verse, and he would know. Right? Even Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> you know, 52 of the 55 men who signed the Constitution were active members of their church. Right? We were... The, you know, even Thomas Jefferson, the or not Thomas Jefferson, even Ben Franklin, the person that they sit here and call the the least religious, was an agnostic who, when they could not, after weeks of fighting, could not come to a, a, a an agreement on anything, pointed to a chair that had the rising sun and say, hey, uh, maybe we should pray to God before we go any farther. Even he understood. Right. There's a reason that prayer was instituted in the first Congress, because they understood that men are evil and that we have a tendency to do bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, history punctuates it time and time again. <clears throat> but they understood. And they understood that we needed, you know, John Adams said that the Constitution is not designed for anything other than a, uh, a moral people because he understood that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And when you give government power, it corrupts people. To a point, I mean, I think people have forgotten that morality is not based on your religion. And your religion should not be, should not base your morality. Well, there are certain tenets that should just be how man should treat his fellow man. You're talking about the golden rule. Well, yeah, I mean that's something that's very common to almost every single religion. I mean, including pagan ones. Yeah. And you you sit here and you think about it, and it's like, uh, so many people are wrapped up in this ideology that, you know, I am Baptist, therefore I am holier than you. Or I am Catholic, which means I have a better connection, a direct line to God. Or, or some align, something along this line. And that blind inability to actually justify their own faith and their own action is the same thing like I, when I made a comment about conspiracy theories and how conspiracy theories take away that accountability for one's own actions. Religion does that too. Yeah, religion does that too. A lot of people abuse religion for but that. But faith does not do that. Religion does that. I'll give you that. Now, I agree with you that religion should not determine your morality. Your faith should probably determine your morality. I mean, let's be honest. How many times have Christians done horrible shit throughout? <laughs> because they had... <laughs> Because, hey, 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 we can discuss that if you want, but let's be honest. Inquisition. <clears throat> okay, I'm not even justifying that one. <laughs> Salem witch trials. Ah, uh, carry on. Uh, sorry, I had to get that out of my system. All right, um, <laughs> I, I can justify that one, but you're not going to like it. But anyhow, so, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> 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 but no, I mean. I mean, you're, you know, when, when religion and politics come together, you, you are correct. When religion and politics come together, bad stuff happens. And there's a reason that there are movements cropping up like the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, which clearly defines that you don't have to listen to the powers that be because you have lesser, not lesser, but 
lower powers that have greater authority, like sheriffs have more authority within your county than the President of the United States does, that the governor has more authority than the President of the United States does within your state, that type of stuff. Well, here's the thing. Whenever religion and politics mix, you, you end up with two problems, and both of them are just as bad. You have politics dictating your religion, or you are your you know the government dictating your religion, or your religion dictating the government. Neither one of those ends well. Yeah, that's true. Now, there's a reason behind this the the, the this particular vein of thought for us, um, and the reason why I really wanted to have this discussion last time is there was that article that came out when you find out that Kamala Harris made a video to be played in churches after the service this past weekend all across the United States from multiple different denominations to support the Democrat candidate for Virginia gubernatorial race. Yeah, that that is wrong. And any But pastor, how many people are silent? Any pastor that did it should step down immediately. I'm going well, to let, let's flip it on the other side, though. This isn't new. This is just like the, the next logical step when you consider government overreach into churches because there are a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, especially on a lot of your, your big ones, that have been preaching that if you, um, if you believe in God, then you'll get the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Help your, help your fellow man. This is, this, is what they me- this is what Jesus meant. Really? 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 No. I'm sorry. If CNN and Social Justice Warriors are giving your pastor talking points, you really need to reevaluate where you're going to church. It should always be a delineation to me. Like, if you have... There are times where I, I, I listen to some people's religious beliefs, and I think they're absolutely nuts. I will be honest with you. There are some of these people that, that believe that you should only wear 100% cotton or that you can't eat you know, pig or, or any kind of catfish because it's unclean. You know, different things like this, things that I just – you sit there and you think, you go, man, that – okay, really? That's what you're going to focus on. But then I turn around and I look and I'm like, but you're okay with putting in a experimental drug? Like when did when did we we get to a point where like you have the right to believe this? That that's one of the great things about America. You have the right to believe in Satan if you want to. The simple fact is that's your prerogative. But when you start getting government to tell you what you can and can't do, that you cannot have service because it's dangerous, because it'll be a super spreader event. When you you get them to what they need to say from the pulpit, I mean, I me even not being religious is going. I've got a problem with this. So where's everybody else? Well, look at what's happening all over the world. You have pastors who are being arrested because they simply took a stand on the mass mandates. Mm-hmm. One of the proudest moments that I have ever felt towards the religion of Christianity was when John MacArthur, in August of 2020, went up on stage and said, we will never close our church again. Ever. Because 96% of the deaths that they're attributing to COVID are based off of comorbidities. But let's take their numbers. Let's take their numbers that they have right now. And here's, here's why the church upsets me. 
because they're not listening. They're not paying attention. They're not going after the fights that they need to go after. I don't care who your president is. If you believe in a sovereign God, which the Christian faith does, if you believe in a sovereign God, then God is in control, not the president. Focus on the battles that matter. Let's take their numbers. We'll go back to that. They have what? 600,000 deaths? 600,000 deaths is what they claim is from COVID, right? COVID deaths within the United States. Fine. Every year, 800,000 children go missing from the United States to be put in trafficking. How come that number is not a ticker? How come the church isn't focusing on that one? How come they sit here and they want to focus on the right for a child to be born, but they don't focus on homing the ones that already need to be homed? I get it. Adoption is expensive. Foster care program has ribbon, and that's for the safety of the children. I've been in both. I've been in the foster care system, and I've been, I was adopted by two wonderful people, uh, two wonderful people that have made me largely who I am today, and I love it, which is why I see these things. I see abortion. I see things like that, and it's so expensive to get to do an adoption, but it is so cheap to do an abortion, and I'm not even religious, but that bothers me on a moral level. Right. But again, now here comes the funny part. We we're, we're kind of off topic here because you and I will discuss religion all night long. <laughs> all right, we will, we can go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, okay, on, we'll we'll direct hypocrisy. But I do want to talk about something about the the pro life movement. The pro life movement is driven by the church. They will never stop it. They will never stop abortion in this country. Do you want to know why? There's no money in it. It's the same reason that doctors don't cure people; they treat symptoms. The church makes way too much money off of selling pro-life. I'm an abolitionist. and all abortion. Period. You can take the rest. You can take the exceptional cases. The 1.6% that are rape and incest on an individual or life of the mother on an individual. But I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story. My wife is the reason that I'm an abolitionist. My oldest son is a child of rape. And when he was being born, it almost killed my wife. And both times she decided that the child's life was more important. So she's the one who turned my head on that. Because I was that whole 1.6% justifies why we should keep it legal. Not anymore. Let's be honest. The, and I started to do research into the pro-life movement. They, way, they make way too much money. Which is why you can have an abortion clinic set up a block away from a church and nobody bats an eye. You have most Christians who go to church Wednesday night and Sunday or Saturday, depending on what their denomination is, right? That spend maybe an hour, two hours, three hours a week and expect to be the Christian shoulders that they're talked that are talked about in the Bible. <laughs> you cannot fight full time demons. As a part-time Christian. My father, blessed man that he was, or that he is, um, that man is going through dementia right now, and he <laughs> he's forgotten more than I will ever know, which is impressive. But he made a statement to me, and it has lived with me since I was about 10 or 11, and it took me a long time to understand exactly what it meant. 
But I was making a st- even at that time I was making a comment that I didn't like organized religion, though I didn't know exactly how to word it then. He looked and he says, No, what your problem is you can't stand a, a six day devil and a Sunday saint. Yep. And that's what we have. We have a lot of people and we can get into the the whole aspect of hypocrisy later, but what we have is a whole bunch of people that like patriots, like the people using the term patriot, use it because it's popular, because it makes them feel like they belong, because it is special or but when it comes down to it and it comes down to a hard call and things get tough, they'll shut it in a heartbeat. Well, one of my favorite quotes comes from a band called DC Talk. And they have a quote in the beginning of their song that says, what if I stumble? And the quote is this, the leading cause of atheism in the world is Christians who confess them with their mouth and then go on with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. What is the most important step a man can take? It is not his first step. and It is not his last step. For life is about journey before destination. Life before death. The most important steps a man can take is his next step. I like that one. That's also another one from Brandon Sanderson from one of my favorite books. But every time I hear somebody make a comment like what you did, and and it always comes up whenever I hear DC Talk. I like DC Talk. Uh, Toby Mac, actually, uh, when I lived in Franklin, just a quick little blurb. When I lived in Franklin, Tennessee, Toby Mac was only about three or four miles away. And I did not realize for the longest time one of the people that kept coming into the gas station where I worked was Toby Mac until it clicked one day. I was like, wait a minute. He goes, yep. (laughs) That man is a gem. And there are people like you, like my parents, that are God-fearing and they believe and they live their belief that give me hope for for humanity. Yeah. But I'm still a jaded asshole that's just like most of these people, though. I'm like, ah. Again, it comes back to this whole thing. Like, there is no widespread outrage over Kamala Harris, you know, sticking her dick in it, for lack of a better way of saying it. Look. And, tr- and trying to tell you what you can, what you need to say from the pulpit for a political. Doesn't that violate the Hatch Act? Mm. The, the, uh, who's going to prosecute her? The same dude. <laughs> Never who, mind. The same dude who wants to sit here and go after parents for speaking out against their uh, against the school board. That you talk about that attorney general. That one. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. Well, let's go back to freedom of religion. 2020 should have been a wake-up call when they convinced uh, when they convinced the Christian faith to shutter their doors out of fear for their holiest holiday. That should have been a wake-up call when they allowed when they allowed casinos to open at 50% capacity. But not a church that should have opened oh, but, eyes. Oh, but Odin, you are just—we're—we're we're just blowing this all out of proportion. You know, there's not going to be any religious persecution here. They're not going to—they're not going to give any—you know—preferential treatment. Uh, hold on, just a cotton-picking moment to take one from Billy Graham. But you know, Gropen Como, up in New York, got in trouble, and so did the mayor of New York City. Because they were pushing for Christians and punishing Christians and Jewish synagogues for being open. Yeah. They while, went, allowing, while allowing mosques to be open. To they open. locked the doors of a Jewish synagogue. 
They locked the doors with chains. And the Jewish synagogue went and cut those chains open. So in case anybody was thinking that we're making shit up or that it's not that serious. Hello? Are you awake yet? Right? <laughs> they sit here and they have been playing favorites and pick and choosing. And, you know, about which ones should succeed, which activities you should be allowed, be allowed to do and not do. Look at what happened in Canada. Look at what happened in Great Britain, and look at what happened in Australia. If you don't think persecution is coming, watch what happens next. I just saw an article. I just saw an article about that. I meant to mention this to you earlier before we even got started. Did you know that in Canada, they actually are making it illegal and a punishable offense to speak out against the Biden administration and the Trudeau administration? Yeah, yeah, in their <laughs> government, yeah. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, well, that was the next per, you know, logical progression, so let's go. I mean, how long until it's here? No, no, We're already no. My, telling people. My favorite part is that what they won't allow. Like, you could still criticize the Biden administration if you're a government in Canada. What you're not allowed to do is say, let's go, Brandon. That is what I find hilarious. The fact that that song is now, uh, you know, topping charts on hip hop makes me happy. <laughs> you know, I I really thought that Biden was gonna was gonna tear us apart, and he tried. But you know, that news lady when she said "Let's go, Brandon," I don't think she had any idea how unifying that mistake would. I call it a mistake. It was intentional. She probably had some in her ear saying. <laughs> Change the chant to something else. And the first thing that pops in her mind is, let's go, Brandon. It doesn't matter what she said. It could have been, we hate fried chicken. And that would have been the phrase because people were just waiting for it. <laughs> but, you know, think about the Christian, Christian religion, uh, any religion outside of Islam or anything that's super sexu- uh, secularized. I don't know why I want to keep saying sexualized for Christianity, but secularized. Catholic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a sin. That's why altar boy's hair is parted down the middle. Um, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> okay, come on. We're talking about religion. I got to get at least one good jab in, okay? No, hey, don't get me wrong. The 3,000 priests in, I forget what country it was. The 3,000 priests that damaged the 300,000 people. Dennis Leary had it right. When he did his speech on the Catholic Church and sexual abuse when it first came out back in the 90s. Right when it was first, you know, the silence was finally broken. He says, you don't get transferred to another parish. You walk around. You walk around New York City with a sign around your head. That says, I carry a torch for kids who carry candles. And just let them walk around New York City. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay, that was a little darker than mine. Um, let's uh, let's move on for a second there. Um, oh no, back to what we were talking about. Jokes aside here, though. Where, is, where are all these people? Like where it's the same thing like what I say where where are all my feminists when transgender are taking over sports? <coughs> they do not like the courage of their convictions. They have no balls. They confess them with their mouth, but go on with their lifestyle. Because let's face it, if the people who claim to be Christians 
And again, we're talking about sovereign God. And this is how me, somebody who has severe medical issues and no immune system whatsoever, does not wear a mask, not getting vaccinated, because I believe in a sovereign God. If it is my time to go, no vaccine, no mask, no stay-at-home order is going to stop me from going. But if it's not my time to go, no virus, no mandate, no demon from hell, but I repeat myself when I say politicians, is going to stop me from going on and doing my, jo- my job. I'm just saying. You know, what, you they, know what that is, If though? they really believe that, this man, mask mandate and vaccine mask da- mandates and all that stuff would be done. If the 85% of the people in the country who actually claim to be a Christian actually stood on that faith of the, uh, the, the doctrine of a sovereign God, it would be done because it wouldn't stop them. They, you know, there are hundreds of verses in the Bible that tell you do not be afraid. And yet for the last 18 months, that is exactly what we've been. Where are you, Christian? You're going you're you're to get, God? I, I think you're going to get sick of me saying this, but again, it, that's what separates uh, a wintertime from a summertime. But even further than that, there are people like you, people like me, people who are, who base their belief and their action on principle, not the consequence, not the popularity, not the clout, not the reputation. It is the principle of the matter. Yep. And that is such a rare trait. We see it on some things. Some people are, are can be very principled on some things, and that's fine. You do not have to be some kind of Gnostic priest. You do not have to be some celibate monk. You know, you, it's you have to have principles. It's that bloodline, that blood rock, that line that you can never cross. But so many people are willing because they don't have, they lack that principle. They they sit here and they float either side for whatever's comfortable. Americans don't want to be uncomfortable. Unfortunately. <laughs> Back to the freedom of speech and a quote that I meant to say last time. All right. I'm going to say it here because it applies here as well. To progress, you must risk offending someone and making them uncomfortable because complacency and comfort never lead to progress. Agreed. Necessity is the mother invention. Not comfort. That's why most of our technology and most of our stuff comes from during a time of war. There was a need. There was a conflict that had to be solved. And we knuckled down and we did it. That is where most of our technology comes from, is from wartime situations. Because comfort is not (laughs) innovation. (laughs) Could you imagine this generation? This generation. You know, the, the TikTok safe space. I've got to have like 16 Xanax to make it through the day. Generation, right? Could you imagine them being just dropped into World War II? <laughs> How fast do you think we would lose? I think we could beat the French on I Surrender as the, as the national salute. Be all afraid to go out because they need their allergy meds or they're allergic to the gluten in the MREs or, you know, peanut You know, I was tweeting... And- I was tweeting with the opposition, and, and they seem to think that the weather today is just too hot, too. So we should just call it off for today. <laughs> well, are you going to replace the soldiers or just add to them? Because if you, if you replace them, we're, we're done. 
if you add them to them, I think the situation kind of works itself out in about 15 friendly, minutes. Friendly, I was going to say friendly fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what they call it? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what happened, officer. He just suddenly exploded for no reason. But no, that's what we have. We have a lot of people that lack the, the conviction and they lack their own principles. They act like they've got principles. And they may even think they have principles, but it's not. It's whatever their idol, if I want to take it religiously, or whatever their their puppet, their master, their their leader, whatever driving force behind them says to do. Regardless of if it makes sense, regardless of if it's right or not, you could be 100% right. But if you don't understand that principle and you don't live that principle, it doesn't matter. Yep. You can claim to be anything you want. You can follow the flying spaghetti monster, but if you don't listen to the tenets of that faith, then you're not actually that. If you claim that you're... <laughs> oh, hail Cthulhu! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, it, it doesn't matter. You, know, you can claim to be anything you want. But if you're not going to act and you're not going to follow the tenets of whatever it is you claim to be, like if you claim to be, if you claim to be a patriot and you don't honor the wishes or you don't protect the rights of the individual, then you're not a patriot. If I'll take it a step further, just to bounce off of last time, if you claim to be conservative, claim to be a patriot, claim to follow the constitution and believe what it stands for and you cancel people. You're not. Fair. So, I was thinking back, because this is how my brain works, when you were talking about dropping SJWs and leftists in this generation into <laughs> World War II. And I'm reminded of a story. Patton. When Patton got in trouble for slapping the soldier. I, th I love the way the movie does it, but I know the actual historical incident. So I'm going to cover the movie. There was a man in a med tent, a young soldier in the med tent, who was in there because, and when Patton came to visit all of the wounded troops, people missing arms, legs, blown up, shot, you know, that kind of stuff. And this guy is standing there, sitting on the bed. He doesn't recognize Patton as a general, which I'm sure upset Patton. And he sits here and goes, son, how are you injured? And the doctor says he suffers from shell shock. He was so pissed off. Patton was so pissed off. He shook that shoulder, slapped him, and said that if we ever saw him in a tent other than being wounded, he was going to kick his ass. And he got in trouble for that because that Soldier wrote to his mama, who then complained to the press. And Patton was already unpopular with the brass because he was so brash. Right? But he that went they, wrong. But they took that opportunity to just destroy him. So, yes. First recorded incident of cancer culture. Check! <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to talk about that again. Hold on a minute. I'd like to refer you back to Galileo. <laughs> the fact that he was censored by the church. They tried to kill him multiple times. They kept him quiet. They burned his writings. You know, cancel culture. I think that's a little more extreme than cancel culture, but okay, I'll go with it. 
Well, it's the next <laughs> logical progression. I mean, think about it. There's nothing. <sighs> History does not repeat itself, but it sure as hell rhymes. I'm glad when you quote me. <laughs> Well, that's because you got mad about when I said you just there's nothing new under the sun. Man has nothing to fear for the future except he forgets the past. Right. <laughs> and he's damned to repeat it. But no, that's why I think that, that freedom of religion is so important. And to me, it's one of those aspects of American life that is just as important as a freedom of speech. Because think about it. It is a an expression of your freedom of speech. Your your freedom of religious belief is along that same line, the same principle. Right. So if you're going to start censoring freedom of religion and start playing favoritisms there, and you're already doing it with the freedom of speech, and then you're twisting it, saying that it's okay to burn an American flag because that's freedom of speech, but you can't burn a LGBTQ flag or a Black Lives Matter flag because that's hate hate speech. When you start showing favoritism like that, you start setting up a class-based society. People that think like you are going to get the good stuff. People that don't think like you are going to be per- persecuted. And you end up with that whole 1984 ideology of wrong think, wrong speak, and you get the thought police. I mean, think about it. How else would you describe the fact checkers on Twitter, Facebook, on... TikTok. Uh, Thought police. Yeah. Wrong think. Yeah. And they changed the definition of words. If what? George Orwell was alive today, he would roll, you know, he, he I, I made a TikTok video of the last interview and the last words ever officially recognized by Orson uh <laughs> By George Orwell, right? And he said, do you want to know where we're headed if this doesn't end? And he told us at the end of his, uh, at the end of his interview that it's up to you to change it. He said, think of a boot, rest on the neck of mankind. That is where we're headed. There will be no emotion. There will be no, it will all be a declaration of war. On whoever the state says is the enemy at the time. It's going to come a time where religion's going to get folded into there. If, if you're a Christian, you know this from the book of Revelations. Where they talk about how the, the uh, one world religion comes about. And uh, just in case you were wondering, the Catholic Church has decided that they want to join together with the Muslims and the Jewish people to set up a community of buildings so that they can all worship together. So just let that sink in. Look, it's another fact popped out of my head right at the end of the conversation. <laughs> oh, you just gotta keep doing this just to annoy me, aren't you? No, no, no. I'll let you answer. We got plenty of time. Well, no, on this one, no. That's the next logical progression, though. I keep saying that. That is the next step. If you were going to restrict religion, is the only way to, to, to properly restrict religion is to create one world religion. Yep. You Just like the only one? way to... Yeah, You yeah, believe in that one, or, or you're part of a cult, and then they will make cults illegal. Oh, yeah. Because a cult is defined as someone who believes outside of the mainstream... Uh, out of the uh, the mainstream narrative. So... If I have a belief in Christianity, I can, 
you know, I would be classified as a cult to the Protestants. Uh, pretty much anybody who's not Catholic is in a cult, according to the Catholics. You know, <laughs> because they're a guy. But look at what's happening. I mean, they sit here and they are coming. And here's what I predict. When it comes time for them to go after cults, or when it comes time for them to finally, most of religion right now, most of the modern American Western church is already in the pocket of the government. They're more than willing to believe and say whatever narrative they're fed because they they want to keep that 501c3 exemption. They want to sit here and be mainstream. They want to make that money, money, money. Right? Let's be honest. Let's not hide it for what it is. But when, when they decide that they're going to go after religion, they're going to go after the people that are unpopular first. They're going to go after whether you believe in these beliefs or not. They're going to go after Jehovah's Witness. They're going to go after the Mormons because they believe that those are cults that nobody's going to care about. And then it's going to be the alligator to see you know, chasing after people to see who they're going to eat last. And it's probably going to be the Catholic Church, because at that point, the Catholic Church will have been rolled into the one world religion. Or it's going to be the social justice warrior churches, the new apostolic reformation, all of those types of churches, that have already accepted the social justice narrative, the critical race narrative, that those who stay to the tenets of their faith are fighting against fervently, because who is the government to say what I should, or how I should or should not believe. But they're going to come after them. They're going to go after little ones first. It's going to be the that uh, World War II speech. The Then they came for me. First they went for the Jehovah's Witnesses, but I did not speak up because I was not a Jehovah's Witness. Then they, spoke, then they came for the Mormons, but I did not speak up because I was not a Mormon. Then they came after the Wiccans, and I did not speak up because I'm a Wiccan. And yeah, I don't classify them as part of the Christian faith, but a government has to remove all independent thought. All faith that isn't state. And that's the problem. To me, that's the problem. Freedom requires... Freedom, liberty, the, the pursuit of happiness requires opposing beliefs. It requires... People to be able to say what they want, do what they want, believe what they want within, you know, within reason. You can't just say, I'm going to go out and kill these people because that's what my God tells me to do. Unless you're, you know, Muslim, then you can do it and our government just loves you for it. But what I'm getting at is that that freedom, that, that melting pot, that diversity of ideas, of opinions, of faith is what leads to a continuation of creative thought. You cannot have freedom. You cannot have like one set ideology, and that is the only ideology. Because when you do, it stagnates. And then they start eating each other because you just don't believe that ideology enough. Like you're not, uh, you know, lack of a better way of saying this, I won't make a little joke out of it, but uh, you're not turtly enough for the turtle club. <laughs> All right. But I mean, think about it though. You have to have these things. You have to have adversity. You have to have 
difference of opinion. You cannot. Otherwise, you have nothing. But more important than all of that, you cannot allow your religious beliefs, your political beliefs, or whatever to dehumanize you, or to allow them to dehumanize someone else. Here's well, how did you put it the other day? You call it othering. Yeah, no othering other people. So here's here's what's wrong when it comes to a lot of the debates that we've had or the discussions that we had. Here's the main issue, and I sat and thought about a lot uh, about a lot. I thought a lot about it last night. Words, Odin. Words. That was a lot harder to say than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and here it is. You should never say, I never thought that I would find myself standing next to X personality or X character trait or X religious person, right? You should never say that I can't believe that I need to fight alongside blah, 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 blah. The, it should be, I will fight alongside a friend. I will fight along someone who is my brother and not in a religious, not in a blood type, but because you are human and I am human, we should be able to stand side by side next to each other. Oh, fuck it. Let's just say it as it is. We should be able to stand beside fellow Americans because we are fellow fucking Americans. I was trying to be more global, but yes, uh, that is exactly what I mean. No, 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 no. Fuck everybody else. The world can go to hell. (laughs) Until we fix our own shit here. And see, that's something I don't understand. We can get into that next time or whenever else we would like to do it. That's one thing I can't stand at. Let's do it next time. Yeah. But... You get these people, just to, to continuation of this thought, though, with, with the ideology of, of restricting religion and getting away with it, we're giving them a toehold. Anytime you give government power, what does it do? Yeah. Once you put, it's the old analogy of the camel in the tent. Once the camel gets his nose in, he's all the way in. Give an inch, they'll take a mile. Yep. So... Next week, or next episode, we're talking about what? I think I'll just leave it open. No. Oh. <laughs> I did that just to bug you. No, so no, the next time we're going to talk about... Okay, 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 fine. So, um, next time I would like to discuss uh, a little bit of the... Oh, it's my turn to pull an Odin. I just had a complete and total brain fart. Shut up, old man. <laughs> what did you say? Um, <laughs> what was that? <clears throat> Here's some ginkgo. Um, next time, let's discuss the. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit the hell out of this part. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not you get the birds, bitch. <laughs> I think that we need to discuss the danger of giving up. The small things are giving up freedoms. Compromise. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of how to say it without being saying compromise because compromise is an important tool. But yes, how compromise has led us to a position of do or die. About combat compromise. Acquiescence. Because we're essentially in combat. We're in a war. People don't want to recognize the fact that we're at war, but we're at war. Call it a cold war for now. Call it an information war. Call it what you want. But the other side had a hot war all last year, and there was no response. Just say it. So, cowardice and compromise. That'll be our next topic. 
All right. <laughs> well, then I guess we ended it this one. Until next time, I'm Odin. This is Tier. And this is Winter's Call. Have fun, y'all. You're going to throw in a quote at the end right as I'm about to hit the stop button like usual? No, I'll let you do it this time. Damn it! <laughs> The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.